and welcome to this month's podcast. I'm Laura Horton. And I'm Michael Bentley. Hello and welcome. Thank you for joining us, everybody. Excuse how I sound. I'm rather bunged up. And uh, this podcast oh, yeah. this month, well, it's been a little bit delayed, this podcast, because Michael and I have both been under the weather, haven't we? which is ever so disappointing for the month of September, especially after all the lovely weather we've had, but never mind, we are here. And uh, as always, huge thank you for sending through your questions to us. So questions we have for this month's podcast. Uh, the first one's really interesting and completely different to anything we've ever been asked before. So hopefully that's uh, caught a bit of attention there. And it's about emotion, when it should be used in dentistry and uh, when it shouldn't. Uh, I'll read out more detail about that in a moment. We've got other questions about KPIs for dentists, for associates, how to handle new patients that fail to attend, and the most effective way for the front desk to track new patients. So I will elaborate a little bit more and read out each question to you in detail. But that's a summary of what we've got for you today. So we'll jump straight in with the first one then. So this says, Emotion, when should it be used in dentistry, e.g. marketing, motivating staff, and when not? Can you give examples? And this is from a principal dentist. And I like it because it is interesting and emotion is a huge topic in itself. And it's something that can uh, ruin your day in practice, can't it? Uh, or it can make your day fantastic. And I think with emotion, really, what you've got to do here is, first of all, break it down. So I think if Mike and I start by breaking it down. OK, so firstly, we've got staff, haven't we? So when should you use be using emotion with staff? When should you be using emotion with marketing? And when should you be using emotion with your patients? Anything, any other category you can think of there, Mike? Um, probably finance as well can be an emotional topic I probably add finance into that into when you're dealing with patients do you mean or just in general patients but actually convert you know actually well yes and no really because sometimes we get emotional about finance and the cost of things <laughs> yeah and actually the patients don't react the way that we have decided they're going to and yeah. that can be emotional and there's yeah. also the other emotional aspect where is that again practices are saying we need to take so much money which sounds emotional yeah. rather than the building blocks of we need to achieve this how are we going to do that and is that realistic yeah. so I, I, I do think well now I've said it definitely finances on that list as well Absolutely. And I think if we talk about dealing with patients, first of all, because that's always the biggest thing. You know, emotion is so important when it comes to being, you know, a, 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 a caring and professional team. Delivering empathy, I think, is really important from a dentist's point of view. You know, when patients are telling you some history, particularly new patients, you know, when they're giving you a story, you've got to make sure that you are responding with empathy. I think that's so important. I can't stress that enough. You know, don't look bored and like, oh, yeah, I've heard it all before. I'm already treatment planning already. Um, I think also with patients from a from a dentist point of view, dentists, you need to also create excitement as well. You know, when you're delivering treatment plans to patients, you can make things sound exciting and therefore you're dealing with the emotional side of the brain. 
the right side of the brain and after you've you know communicated different treatment options to patients you should be excited about being able to help them and they should hopefully feel excited about having their solutions dealt with as well I think that's a really important aspect of emotion and if we link that then in to the finance as Mike was just saying everyone gets really hung up on finance yeah, if you're linking that in you know, if you're more excited about the treatments that you're delivering, if you're putting more emotion, you're using your right brain a lot more, then when it comes to the finance aspect, that's actually going to make it a lot easier. Yeah. And I also believe that, you know, emotion is exactly what you've just said, but also it, emotion can be concern as well. And when you're talking to patients about obviously a concern that you can see and you want to explore further with a patient, don't be frightened to actually uh, alter the tonality of what you're saying to show that there's a concern. I have got a good example with that, and that is the BPE. And it's a, one of the things that dentists throw away a lot. But actually, if you explain the, the, the BPE to a patient in layman's language, which we don't really have, a, it's not the right moment to do that right now. But if you think about breaking that down the patients and explaining what a code zero means, one, two, three, and four, well, I say to dentists, you know, if, if a patient's got a three and a four, you can put emotional emphasis on that and say, oh yes, there's definitely a three in this area. Mm, yes, definitely a three. And, or, it, you know, if there's a four, you can actually put some gravitas behind that. Yet there's a definite four in this, you know, upper left area. And that allows the patient to understand and feel concerned about what you're seeing. If it's a, you know, a code zero or one, you're probably not going to put the same emotional emphasis on that because things are actually in a much better place. And again, you can think about that through the whole of the assessment if the things that you are seeing that are a concern to you so there are you know there's rampant decay in somebody's mouth then you have got the opportunity to say you know I'm concerned about nine of your teeth mm. and we're going to have to have a lot more uh, conversations now to understand how have these nine teeth got to that situation let's have a chat about that let's build concerns so as you're saying, Laura, it's about being excited, but also interested and having emotion as a concern. And that can be very, very strong um, with, um, you know, a, a lot of patients. Absolutely. And it's really hard for dentists, isn't it, you know, to to go through an assessment and to be focusing on which side of the brain you're using and when and what works for you and your nurse and what's going to work for the patient and you know it's, it is really difficult for you we know that because we work with a lot of dentists on their examination appointments routine and new appointments so it, we understand it is really hard to you know be putting the right emotion into it I think it is important that you are natural don't ever force anything you know it, it has to be natural without without a doubt and if we move on to staff now let's talk about your team then when do you use emotion with your team oh yes i mean <laughs> it's a huge topic in itself isn't it you know it really yeah, is we move to hr now and you know hr is a really uh powerful thing and you know what I, we see practices making mistakes with hr week on week and you know one of the things that is happening is that people are emotional you know owners don't like staff members in their team for an example and that makes you emotional and sometimes you say things that actually once you've said it it's really really tough 
to close the door on what you've said and that is going to spiral into a situation so you've got to be very very careful about actually not being emotional um, with the team around HR subjects however you do need to be you do need to make sure that you're emotional where you know somebody's been off work and you are looking after their welfare and you do need to be um, use emotion in a really good way to do with appraisals and we suggest that you meet up with your team members every single week for 15 minutes to find out how the last week has been for them that should be emotional so there needs to be opportunities where that you are emotional with HR but on the other side of the, of the bracket you need to make sure that there is a definite marker in the sand that if you need to move to an HR level where things need to be much more well this is the meeting I've got to do with you today I don't want to be doing it but this is where we are that you have the opportunity to do that and then you're not emotional in that meeting mm, exactly that's a problem yeah confrontation if you are ever you know if it's the other way around and you have team members you know coming to you as a business owner and they're you know perhaps upset they're perhaps angry with something and they're talking to you about it the way that you react when you're listening to their concerns that they're displaying to you again you've really got to take emotion out of it you can't be you know reacting as well they might be saying things that you don't want to hear and the worst thing that can happen is you you react with anger and you think, well, you're insulting me by saying all these things. You know, that that's an awful use of emotion. Whenever the team come to you, and I say this all the time to our, our practice owners and managers, whenever the team come to you with something, your standard answer needs to be, I understand what you're saying. I understand your concerns and how you feel right now, but I do need to come back to you. And that's yeah. my golden line. Just use it all the time because then you will find that you're not stuck in this situation where emotion is being used at the wrong time. Yeah. On the yeah. other side of that, we've got to talk about leadership because as a business owner or manager, leadership's essential without a doubt. I firmly believe it's still in its infancy in dentistry, but leadership is emotional. If you want to get your team on board with your vision, you've got to deliver your vision with emotion. Yeah. Absolutely essential. Uh, if you stand in front of your team and say, well, I, what I want to do in the next three years is have an, a refurb, have another surgery, and we want to be turning over 1.5 million. Sorry, they're not going to be on board with that. You've got to go through your vision in detail and talk about how it's going to affect them and the patients and how everyone's going to feel. So leadership is emotional. Management is not. And I think that's the defining thing there, what you've got to do as an owner and manager. Am I dealing with management or am I dealing with leadership and HR is management so that's the best way to think of it right this is a non-emotional conversation this is leadership this is getting people on board you know this is motivating staff so appraisals for example yes it falls under HR but it's motivational isn't it so therefore that's emotional so what we find is that people really do struggle with this. Let's just be honest. And this is why I thought it was a great question that someone sent through, because you're probably being told or reading that you need to be more emotional and it's not natural. And it's very, very difficult if it's not natural to you. But you will get there. You'll get there. I think one last area is marketing. And again, this is a <laughs> we could do a whole podcast just on this. Um, yeah, we could. Uh, I think we say this probably quite a lot. Oh, this question we could do a whole podcast in. Let's talk about marketing then. Marketing should, without a shadow of a doubt, be emotional. You've got to connect to people. If you're not going to connect, you know, if you want to connect to people, it needs to be emotional. 
Now, I'm going to point you to to something on YouTube that you can watch, and it's a video that I play, and I've been playing for years in marketing presentations, and people have been known to cry uh, while watching this. I, I probably have shed a tear too, uh, and I'll point you to that video in a moment, but let's just think about the time of year. It's September, and there is something big going on right now. It's huge, and it is, dare I say the word, Christmas. And the Christmas adverts, they're ready. They're so ready, aren't they? All the media agencies have been working all year on them. And as soon as Octo October turns, we're getting excited, aren't we? Yeah? November comes. Who's seen this? Who's seen what? Who's released what first? John Lewis last year, Buster the Dog. Amazing. Do you remember that, Mike, with the dog on the trampoline? Yeah. It was that last year? That was last year. last year. No, that was last year. Buster the dog. Really? I thought they did a monster. Never mind. That they did a monster, monster under the bed. Well, I'm yeah. sure it was Buster, but Buster the dog definitely sticks in my mind, even if it was yeah, the year yeah, before, yeah. because it was absolutely amazing. It was so emotional. It involved children. It involved animals. And we're definitely getting to that time of year. So marketing, when it comes to, you know, these big companies have been working all year on these campaigns that they're going to release to us soon all the supermarkets all the big shops mm. are ready and what have they focused on they've focused on emotion haven't they that's been their big thing that's what they always put into it that's what we want from them that's what makes us connect so marketing without a doubt so this video if you go into youtube and if you just type in google chrome dear sophie make sure your music's up loud your audio's up loud so you can hear it it's amazing and this shows you how something as boring as email as factual and technical as email can be made emotional and what i say on my marketing day in our practice management courses you know if we can do this with if we can do this with email we can do this with dentistry we surely we can and then we move on to some wonderful things on that day so i hope that has given this principal dentist some answers is there anything else you want to add in mike that we might have missed in that whirlpool tour of emotion and when it should be used <laughs> no i think it is it is a really big subject i just think you know with finance when you're communicating where you want to be make sure that any financial targets that you put in place or anything like that are achievable for the team they know what they need to do to get there so that actually they don't get emotional when when perhaps they don't achieve what they what they set out to do because yeah. it's never worse than setting a target um, and i don't like the word target i prefer the word goal that's just my uh, that's just my personal opinion because i think a goal is so much more achievable than a target and you know, when, when you're setting goals for people, people get emotionally very hung up on, on what they need to achieve. And, mm. you know, let's face it, you're going to have bad days. You know, I set myself a weight goal uh, over the last, you know, uh, eight weeks. And I have, you know, pretty much achieved what I set out to do. But there have been days where I haven't had a successful day and I have trotted a load of chocolate and gone, oh dear. But what I've done is I've reset myself emotionally and gone, do you know what? What do I need to do today to get back on track to achieve the goal that I want to do? And it's about making sure the team understands that not every day is going to be the most, you know, not every day can be 
totally successful. You're going to have ups and downs in business. And, you know, you've got to accept that, but allow the team to come on board with you on that journey and do <coughs> the motion positively so that you can achieve the goals that you're setting out financially rather than it being well, we'll never get there or we didn't get there last month and we didn't get there the month before um, and it's a and it is a good thing that you say about Christmas because I'm sure the Christmas question <laughs> which is you know team members expecting a bonus at Christmas yeah but but for what you mm. know just the fact that they've been in the practice for a year and you feel like you need to so you know but maybe we'll deal with that next time but there's lots of uh goals and motion around finance and if you start going around going we need we need we need i hear this from the uh, owners a lot we need another 20 members yeah how do we get 20 members then who is going to have that conversation with the patient and you know actually it's about people leading correctly and actually how are we going to get 20 members well actually dentist that starts with you and then it goes to desk it's not about the desk negotiating member membership um which is really interesting or we'll just hand it to a treatment coordinator and voila it's done so um we've got to really think about uh th those type of things and actually the journey um that you know we're going on on with that you're right we could talk about it for an hour at least no we need to a special on this maybe <laughs> maybe not <laughs> so my, yeah so great really great points about you know the financial aspects and the practice but let's let's get to the next question which is kpis for dentists so are you ready my friend attended a recent lecture of Laura's and said that you recommended that associates have KPIs for themselves. Can you share on your podcast more about this as I found it really interesting to hear about and would like to review how I can do this myself? Yours, a very keen associate. I like the sign off on that one. That's very good there. OK, so we're going to give you a summary then of what you can look at as associates to really track how well you're doing and to set yourself goals so what I discussed in that lecture um I went through it in quite a bit of detail Mike and I'll just give you a summary what do you need to know well you need to know what's happening with new patients first of all so we'll talk to you more about that um you need to know what's in your diary with your treatment mix you need to know what you're earning on an hourly rate point of view as well that's really important uh, anything else you'd like to add, Mike? I'm thinking off the top of my yeah, head. Here. Um, so we need to understand the marketing uh, that's being invested yes. in dentist. Um, yeah. So actually fueling your diary. Um, we also need to look at your occupancy levels and we need to look at your membership if you are a UK practice uh, and are doing that. And many practices will have UDA targets as well um, and there might be um, in Ireland we might have some medical card uh, targets for you uh, some PSI targets as well because lots some some practices are you know formulating plans based on that as well um, as you're talking about something else I might remember something else but those are the key ones definitely oh well, at least everyone can see we're you know live what's the words live raw uncut Absolutely, absolutely but you know that's that's a chunky enough amount of subjects to be, to well, be it, well it is really so if we just, if we summarize so um what what mike just said there which probably sort of pricked up a few ears i know it did when i was speaking about it the other night um in regards to you know marketing investment what does that actually mean for associates so hourly rate obviously makes sense 
your occupancy rate makes sense treatment mix is what are you doing what is what does everything look like as a percentage so how what percentage of time do you spend on exams emergencies crowns fillings etc etc you get the idea new patients will talk about um marketing investment can be looked at in different ways but what we find more and more so is that because associates are having their own niche area in the practice which is fantastic it's something we're right behind what's happening is they are making um, a contribution to the marketing for that niche area that they are looking at whether it's implants whether it's facial aesthetics uh, gdp orthodontics that type of thing so what you would need to know as an associate dentist if you are making a contribution is what's your return on investment for that contribution if that's not happening we still need to know the new patients that you're getting through where are they coming from and it's really important that dentists when these patients come into you as new patients you ask them that because on the telephone, trust me on this, on the telephone, you say, how did you hear of us to put it into your software? And they'll always say, Google, internet, website, because they're actually on your website to make the call. So they're just being lazy. When you personally ask them, so how did you first hear of us? They will give you a different answer. And that's what you need to update in your software. So it is really important that you know where all of your new patients are coming from really really important for you as dentists and then if we look at new patient kpis new patient conversions average new patient spend mike i'll hand i'll handle over to you there hand over to you rather yeah so it's really important that one of the things that practice definitely look at is conversion rate in its totality so what practices concentrate on a lot is the initial conversion rate so you've done your marketing it's gone to the reception team the re reception team have been successful at converting that some practices have got uh, treatment coordinators so it might go from treatment coordination into a dentist diary then you do your comprehensive assessment then after your comprehensive assessment you deliver a treatment plan well, we could separate things there because some dentists are doing options meetings and bringing patients back. Other dentists are presenting there and then on the day. So then patients might come and have one treatment in the practice. Uh, uh, it might be a small filling treatment. It might be to go and see the dental hygienist. And that is deemed as the conversion success rate in practices. And I believe that that is false. All that says to you is that a patient has attended a comprehensive examination and has then attended one more appointment. For me, what I want to see is that the treatment plan that you presented needs to be fulfilled in its totality. So if you have, you know, treatment planned six appointments, 10 appointments, 15, 20, two, that until that patient has successfully had all of the treatment then that is the conversion and that's where practices are falling foul they're having a good initial conversion rate but actually when you look at the end game then the patients have dropped away and that is the bit that patients need to follow up on and to quote a saying of yours laura your fortune is in your follow-up and what tends to happen with practices is 
they look at data maybe three or six months ahead they do an outstanding treatment plan report on whatever system that you're on it's a panic station thing because the diaries are quiet and then it's given to the reception team to make cold calls to patients about why they haven't come in and that is a total disaster yeah i was craig revel Horwood, i would say that is a disaster darling um, <laughs> it really is and so that's probably the biggest area because that all is all about how effective your comprehensive treatment your comprehensive examination was and the ability to allow the patient and just tracking back on emotion for a moment is actually going is a patient emotionally involved and accepting of the concerns that they've got to have all the resolutions? And if patients drop off very quickly, somebody is making a mistake. And it might be that they've gone to see a hygienist, they've had a difficult appointment as a patient and thought well, that was painful and they don't go back again. Or they've had a lot of education that the patient wasn't expecting and have gone, I'm not paying that much money for education. So they haven't understood the importance of the education. Mm. there is so much going on here and you and I don't we spend a lot of time in practices now actually at the how successful are you at conversion of patients and this should be a monthly conversation with your dentist how successful are you because what we find is you know dental owners are normally quite good at converting patients and the patients attending quite a number of appointments with them. And then you do find that some associates aren't as successful. And I ask myself, but why? And that has got to be because we don't actually educate each other on the best ways of providing that amount of care. And that's a big area, but it's emotional. It's also about education. It's all about training each other, but it fundamentally comes through tracking the KPI in the first place. And so many practices don't track the KPI properly that it, it, it's us that go in and say, do you know what? There's a problem with the conversion rate here. I went into a specialist practice recently and I have discovered um, by doing just some small figure work with them that they are seeing 30 examinations a week with a conversion rate of three patients. <coughs> The amount of work it's creating for this practice is unbelievable. Mm. And yet the actual conversion rate to get three treatment plans in the diary is 30 people. Now that's a massive project in itself and leans into all sorts of other things, the quality of referrals and blah, blah, blah. I mean, it's a massive topic this, but what I say to practices are, if you do not track what you are doing, how do we know where the problem is? And it could be a front desk issue. It could be the comprehensive assessment. It could be something else. And, and long term wise, it normally is the quality of the assessment and the way it's been delivered and the follow up um, after that. Yeah, always communication. But, you know, associates want to know. So if you're a principal dentist, if you ask your associates, do you want to know, you know, your KPIs? Do you want to know? you know how you're doing the answer will be yes they do want to know how they're doing they really do want to know you know you're all high creed professionals doesn't matter whether you're an associate or an owner if you're a dentist you're a dentist and you all want to know how well you're doing and you want to set goals so you can push yourself further and, and you know be better in the areas that you want to be better in so definitely do start looking at that we've got to move on we're very short on time we've literally got a couple of minutes 
to answer two questions, which is good because they're, they're questions we can give quick answers to. Um, I'll do the first one, Mike, you can do the second one. Okay. Can you advise us how to handle new patients at FTA? We rebook them, but then many of them fail again, and we're going round in circles. My principal dentist does not want to get a bad reputation and is highly concerned about this. So I would appreciate your opinion to share with her. Well, my opinion is this. Uh, firstly, if this is a consistent problem in your business, which it sounds like it is, then you do need to ask pay, uh, patients for a prepayment to secure their appointment. And that needs to be at least 50% of the value because only people that are committed will pay that money. I've just booked an appointment to see a hygienist in a couple of months time and I've paid £50 up front to secure the appointment. I'm going to keep the appointment. I want the appointment. I'm not bothered about paying £50. And it's the same in restaurants, beauticians everyone's doing it it's actually expected now the other thing i'd say here is why are patients failing to attend are they having to wait too long for their appointment if so you've got a diary zoning issue so you need to look into diary zoning and having some protected time uh, in the dentistry copy of dentistry that's just landed i have an article about diary zoning and protected time as a minimum so have a look at that in dentistry and uh, that, that should really help you. Um, so there's my two points. Collect prepayment if it's a consistent problem. People will pay if they want the appointment. And secondly, look at how long people are having to wait. New patients should be in within a week. Last question, Michael. What is the reception team's most effective way of tracking new patients? They're really busy, but we want to track this information as we're spending a huge amount of money each month on marketing. Michael, over to you. 60 seconds. Are you ready? Tick tock. <laughs> right. Do a spreadsheet really quickly. Any patient that actually rings in about any new patient inquiry needs to go into the spreadsheet. You need two columns. Um, yes, they've gone ahead and booked an appointment. No, they haven't. They're making the inquiry. If they didn't book the appointment, what was the reason? If they did, then you should have a new patient telephone sheet from there. And that will very quickly understand the reasons that patients are phoning, whether those are the right reasons and whether the, the, the desk are responding in the right way. And then you can look at the quality that's coming through the assessments that are booked and actually say, are the reception team being good gatekeepers? Because they do need to get rid of patients that are not right for the practice as well. Well, I have to say that was splendid. And I would say that was probably about a 30 second summary, Michael Bentley. There we go. Very, very impressive. So that's all we have time for on this month's Hangout. A couple of things to note, um, we are quite late in the month, we're ready to, um, you know, it's the middle of the month, we're ready to do October's podcast around the 1st, so please do send through your questions, remember they are anonymous. We also have some guests coming up, so if you want to go to our website, horton-consulting.com, click on podcast at the top, we've got a couple of guests coming up over the uh, upcoming months. They are full of loads of top tips, they're really inspirational, the podcasts are all about them, nothing to do with us so um, please send through your individual questions to them as well and uh, we hope you've enjoyed this podcast and uh, from myself and Michael we'll be back very soon please share and enjoy and subscribe thank you Michael you're welcome thank you too Laura have a wonderful day whatever you're doing thank you Thank you for listening to this podcast. Please subscribe so you can be notified of our next episode.